Welcome to our Tignum Thoughtcast, where we get together with some of our experts or clients and we dig a little deeper into one of the Tignum thoughts. We're here today with Stephanie Lena. Stephanie has a very interesting background, a background in strategy and innovation, but now actually kind of as a head for clinical supplies, she's a senior team head at Novartis. But actually what we're going to talk about has nothing to do with her role. We're going to talk about how you prepare for your peak moments, your peak performances, those moments where if you're only five or 10% better, it makes a big difference. And so welcome, Stephanie, to our Tignum Thoughtcast. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And Stephanie went through a Tignum program several years ago, and she's actually an activator at Novartis, which means one of those special people at Novartis that helps kind of add the fuel, the energy, the excitement, the spark to sustainable high impact in Novartis. But her path took a little side trip, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So in our work, Stephanie, you know, we're always talking about preparing for peak performances. And I remember in our coaching that you asked me to help you prepare for this vacation with just you and your husband. And I had to like pause for a second because we don't often think of vacation as this peak performance, but what was it about that vacation that made you see it so differently? Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly. Uh, I, I remember vividly this discussion that we had a few years ago about uh, discussing how I could prepare for the for this uh, vacation with my husband. Maybe to put it in context. Um, Generally, with my husband, we spent two weeks holidays, just the two of us. And this year was very specific. It was back in 2018, where I was on a new project with a new team, really swamped under uh, multiple deliverables and under a lot of pressure. It was a time where I felt I was underwater almost. Um, and, you know, I was looking to have those vacation like a, uh, putting the head above the line, you know, to seep a little bit of oxygen to keep going. Um, and I remember that we were reflecting on this and I, I, I told you, you know, I, I feel that uh, I will rush to those vacation, you know, finish everything before going this and I will be so stressed. So I will probably, it will probably take me uh, the good first week to, to recover. I, I'm so tired. And then we had this reflection on how can you get ready? You know, it's it's a moment that matters so much for you because I was not present for my husband for the six months, you know, prior to those vacation. And um, you made me reflect on one thing, which was um, not really, you know, when you plan for vacation, you start to think where you go, uh, what are you going to do, but not necessarily how do you want to appear during those holidays? So they were absolutely critical for me because I wanted, I had an objective during those meetings to uh, appear as being present and not as I used to do over the last 10 years, you know, to have, um, be physically present, but being so exhausted um, or also uh, uh uh, hijacked sometimes by saying, okay, I'm going to attend one or two meetings. Uh, so bear with me, you know, uh, uh, please go to the beach while I'll take this, this one TC and don't worry, I will be back. So this was for me really a moment of uh, thinking, okay, I need to get ready 
for those holidays because I wanted to appear as being present and ready to spend those two weeks with my husband. Yeah, and I remember that time and thinking how astute it was for you to recognize that because we had talked about that, about, you know, the word hijacked is such a great one. We get hijacked by our own brain because our brain sees us as being important at work, but it doesn't see us as being important away from work. And therefore, we don't put the same attention and preparation into our away from work moments like we do for work. And I just remember how you embraced it in that pause. And you were right. You know, we started with, yeah, we started with what will success look like at the end of the vacation. And I remember you painting this beautiful picture of being calm, being connected, you know, having this great bond again. And yeah, and that was amazing because I could almost feel your brain like start to go on that vacation during our coaching call. That's so true. And this was exactly what uh, what was the objective, you know, to stop this running brain. How I could stop this running brain and really be present. Um, so it was really refocusing uh, the way I wanted to get out of those vacations. And it was important for me to, because it was connected also uh, towards my to-be vision, which is to be grounded, to be focused, to be present. And I was able to picture that, you know, before entering into those vacation, which is also what I want at work, you know, to feel, to, to, to appear grounded, present, focused. Um, and and the what helped me also, it's to uh, be in the moment, be where I am. I remember for another coaching session that we had the two of us, I was also going on a vacation for a, a ski trip. And you told me, don't try to uh, to go into a competition when you ski. Just enjoy, have the pleasure to be where you are and be present. And I kept all those pictures like a memory, uh, a, a, a book of mem- memorable events to help me to uh, in this preparation for 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 vacation and to remind me how I felt during those moments. That's really really powerful and and what's so powerful about that is you know you know we try to set you up by priming the brain and we prime the brain mm-hmm. with kind of three key questions you know how do I want to be perceived. How or what do I want them to know about me? And how do I want them to feel? And what you just touched on was how you want to feel. But also maybe I'll ask you, in this vacation, as you were preparing with your husband, how did you want him to feel at the end of vacation? Because that's often something we miss. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, uh, to feel important. Um, and that he had a, a wife that was, as I mentioned before, not only physically with him, but fully present for that moment. So really, I wanted him to feel that he was at that time during those two weeks and even during my entire life, but specifically for those two weeks where he had my undivided attention. Um, and it was the only way I could do that. It was really to be focused and present during that moment. So we, we've used the word moments quite a bit. And mm-hmm. one of the things that you and I have probably laughed about and maybe even cried about sometimes is how these moments pop up. And yeah. there's moments because we're, we live in the real universe, there's moments that we can't predict and yeah. we can't always prepare for. So you have this beautiful vacation with your husband. 
tell me or share with our audience what what was the next moment that kind of caught you by surprise? It was literally two months after those vacation. Um, I was diagnosed um, to a, a normal check with a breast cancer. So literally after those two weeks, I started a journey to uh, cancer um, with um, a good prognosis, but still uh, uh, at that time, I didn't know what I had to expect. Um, I entered into a year and a half treatment with chemotherapy, radiotherapy, surgery, immunotherapy, uh, really the, the full scope uh, and um, of emotions, of treatments, of journey that, that you can imagine. So it, it came as a surprise, as you can imagine. Um, and this was, yeah, this, this moment in life when suddenly uh, a perfect sky turned into something totally unpredictable and unexpected. And, and how did or did, I should say, the time you spent with your husband help you kind of mentally and emotionally as you now went on this completely unexpected cancer journey? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the, the, the time that we spend um, in, in, in these two weeks, um, created a special bond and I knew he was there for me uh, and at that moment you know uh, he knew um, that also I, I would be able to face the situation uh, and I could count on him to go through that so we were partner through this journey together and I think it was also um, tapping into what we shared during those two weeks, being there for each other, being grounded together. So it was really a shelter for me. And um, I think this was also very nicely connected with what we went through for two weeks when we were together during those vacation. Yeah, there's something really special and beautiful in that, in the sense that, you know, we get into these, we're on this long-term journey through life, yeah. right? This journey that's a work journey, but also this journey with our families. Yeah. And it's so easy in this long journey to become unconscious, you know, and just to sure. lose that touch with those moments. And we need to constantly reconnect. Right. And, um, you know, I don't want to make our conversation about cancer at all, but how have you have you used the Tignum strategies over this last year and a half, two years? I know it was quite a roller coaster. There were times yeah. where you were really down and out. Yeah. Um, how have the Tignum strategies helped you during that journey? The the I was reflecting about this, you know, and um, I was introduced to the Tignum uh, principle just six months before I started that journey, but I had the chance to experiment it and. What it truly, there is two dimensions that definitely help me the most. It's around the mindset. Uh, first, and I remember uh, a sentence that you gave, which is embrace the suck. Um, and this is something that guided me through the, the, the entire year and a half that I went through this journey. Um, it's, a, it's a drama. Cancer is a drama. So 
you control absolutely nothing. And um, I remember when when you say, oh, you were a cancer fighter. And I'm always, I have a difficulty with the word fight because this is not fighting. Cancer is a tsunami that land on you and you cannot fight it. You have to go with the flow. So it's basically embracing the suck and control what you can control. And the way I managed to do that, it's uh, preparing. Uh, it, uh, it, it sounds perhaps uh, uh, strange to, to, to uh, consider uh, chemotherapy, for example, as peak performance. But I was getting ready before each of the chemo cycle I went through. I went through chemo for five months. Um, and before each uh, chemo session, I was getting myself ready, mentally prepared to enter in the, the chemo department, uh, being uh, sure um, that everything would go fine. Um, I had a mantra that I was constantly uh, had in mind. One of uh, the image I had in my to-be vision was to be an oak tree. You know, an oak tree is something very grounded and very strong. Mm -hmm. And I added another image uh, uh, into my to-be vision, which is the reed. And why the reed? Because it has a beautiful mantra, I bent, but I don't break. Uh, so the, the reed is, is not standing still with the wind, right? Is bending to let the, the uh, big wind go uh, and, uh, and go over him. And what does he do? He go back to his uh, standing position. And for me, this was my mantra. Uh, really, I bent, but I don't break. Um, and this is really something that helped me uh, really to go through those rotten days uh, and reframing, you know, knowing that there will be better days, there will be better moments, and uh, the storm will, will go over you. So this was definitely this, this mindset that, that was absolutely important. Control what you can control. And the other element that was really uh, helpful to me was uh, movement. Um, and it's, it's again very, you, you have a it's difficult, you know, to, to imagine doing some physical exercise when you are going again through chemo. The, the, the fatigue is tremendous. Uh, but I remember in, in Tignum again on, on those movement strategy, you can add those movements during your day. And for me, it was to do those small walk. At the beginning, it was just climbing a few stairs. And every day was another step. I was going outside. It was going at the end of the street. And then it was climbing the next street, you know, and, and the street again. It was really those extra, extra step every day and keep moving because it was a way to keep, to keep standing. That's amazing. And what's really, really, I think, so powerful about what you just said is you combine so many different things. True. You know, how do you combine embrace the suck with I bend, but I don't break? Yeah. But really, they, they go hand in hand. True. And you may be the most powerful person during COVID because all the lessons you learned are exactly where so many of us are yeah. this year, right? And I know it was probably not great for you because you finished your cancer journey, at least, you know, you're in remission, which is fantastic, but, mm -hmm. and then you're expecting an easy year sure. <laughs> and then COVID came. So, 2020, yeah. 
Yeah. So hopefully you've been able to apply some of these strategies to this year. Have you found that what you learned in, in this cancer journey and from this preparation for these peak moments, how that has helped you this year? With, I would summarize that perhaps in two words, um, being vulnerable and being resilient. So this is the two lessons and the two applications that were so critical during the COVID situation. And when I say vulnerable was basically ask for help. Um, uh, this was a, a great learning, you know, uh, during uh, during COVID, uh, during sorry, my my cancer journey, and then through COVID. So ask support, ask for help, reach out to people. Don't be afraid uh, to show sometimes that you are going through tough moments. Um, connect with the people, share your 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 difficulties, or also good moments, because this is what it's all about. And also resilience. Uh, and why resilience? Because we, uh, it's, it's really to find your source of energies. So where do you find this energy that allows you to keep going? And um, during COVID, for example, you know, in France, we were not allowed to go more than one kilometer outside our house. And um, I found a, 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 a strategy, you know, to keep moving because as I mentioned before, this was something that was so critical to me, um, was to replace this commuting time that I was used to take, you know, to go to the office. I was uh, working from home and I was using this 45 minutes in the morning that I'm no normally spending in my car to walk in my neighborhood to have these 45 minutes outside to breathe and to walk and to add movement to my day. Maybe also another element uh, that was um, hydration. We, we tend to forget that. Um, but also after the walk, it was making sure that I kept my hydration at the right level, which was not always so uh, very easy, you know, during the cancer, uh, but also uh, during COVID because you spend your day in front of a computer and sometimes you tend to forget that this is so important to get rid of your brain fog. Yeah, those are such great tips. I can see a future for you. I don't know what your next role is, but you might end up being uh, the Tignum Chief Performance Officer <laughs> and, uh, and taking over for me. So at least I know that I may be able to retire. Wow. But, um, but I really want to thank you, Stephanie, for sharing your personal journey. And one, you know, besides preparing for the moments and how we don't know what the moment is and being so purposeful and intentional in that preparation, one other key takeaway that I, I really love that you said, which is do what you can do, mm -hmm. that it, all along this journey, you didn't focus on what you couldn't do, yes. but you came back to, so here is the reality of me today. Yes. What can I do? And that probably applies so much as the holidays come up for so many people listening, for so many Tignum clients. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Scott. So as you go on to apply some of the learnings from this concept of planning and preparing for your high-impact vacations, here are a few reflection questions to help guide you. So number one, 
If you're looking ahead to your next or let's just say your upcoming vacation, imagine it's the final days. How would you describe what good looks like? Like what would success look like for you and those around you at the end of this vacation? This is a great exercise for painting a picture of success for your brain. The second set of questions, in order to create this kind of great vacation, this what would success look like, it's going to be critical that we prime the brain with some great intentions. So the three questions that we like to ask whenever we're trying to set intentions, number one, how do I want to be perceived on this vacation, right? Number two, what do I want those around me, this maybe the special people from my family or whoever I'm sharing this vacation, what do I want them to know about me? And then the third and probably the most important question, how do I want them to feel? So it's amazing how these can guide so many thoughts. Even around do I work on vacation or not work on vacation, it may be right there in your intentions, right? I might be able to work if I handle it the right way, but if I don't handle it the right way, I may ruin my intentions. The final kind of question for you to reflect on is, What will actually be the benefits to you and and to those around you or those when you come back from your vacation of making this a really special vacation, of actually planning it and preparing it and making it a high impact vacation?